Hi, welcome to In the Pacha, where I, Sam Reinstein, Rabbi, Rabbi at Congregation Kol Israel in Brooklyn, have conversations with different educators about the weekly Torah portion. This week for Parsha Bo, I'm with Zahava Bauer. Hey, Zahava. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about this Parsha. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we know each other from way back, um, but for those listening, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Teaneck, New Jersey, and now I live in Balkinwood in Pennsylvania. Um, I teach middle school at Kasky Tor Academy. It's a great school. Love it there. Um, I teach halacha and language arts. Cool. Um, do you find those thing, those two things, obviously those are two very different, or maybe not, uh, like fields? Do you find them interacting at all, or you're just um, In some ways. Um, they're definitely very different, but they both require a lot of analysis, vocabulary, hmm. um, and really it's all about just, you know, making kids interested. So right. it's, you know, both of them really require the same kind of brain work. You know, right, you're sure. just trying to get kids excited and interested about reading and about Torah. So T- teaching skills are teaching skills, no matter what you're teaching. I guess. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I normally do a quick summary of the Parsha, um, hopefully 30 seconds, but it might be longer. Um, so I'll do it. that. Okay. Um, the plagues continue. Plague 8, locusts. Plague, plague 9, darkness. The Jews are told to borrow precious things from the Egyptians who readily give them out. Moshe warns Parah the incoming 10th plague, death of the firstborns. God then gives the first commandment or mitzvah to the Jews of the new moon of the of the month of Nisan, and then the laws of the Passover sacrifice in Egypt are given, including not having leavened foods. Death of the firstborn happens. Paro pleads Moshe to leave, and the Egyptians pressure the Jews to leave. Then some more mitzvot, firstborns are consecrated, you eat matzah on Pesach, you tell the story of Passover on Passover, all male firstborn kosher animals become sacrifices, redeem all male firstborn donkeys and sheep, and putting on tefillin. Lock on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, some of the most talked about parts of Judaism are all shoved into this parsha, right? And it, it makes it hard as a just to give lots of different Torah, just because like you don't want to do like the seder stuff, but it's all the seder stuff, right? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Right. Um, um, yeah, so I'm, therefore, I'm curious to hear what you uh, want to focus on. Yeah, so. I mean, the thing that really sticks out to me in this parsha is Makat Bechorot, um, in connection with some of the hal- the halachot, the laws that come along with that. Um, you know, right around the time that Hashem says to the Jewish people, "By the way, I'm going to bring this last plague on the Egyptians, and it's going to be killing their firstborn." He's also like, "By the way, um, from now on, your firstborn, really anything, your firstborn child, your firstborn animal." eventually your first fruits, but he doesn't mention that yet, but uh, they're all going to be consecrated, right? They're like set aside for Hashem or for the Kohen um, and they have to be redeemed. Um, It just seems really strange and really sticks out like a sore thumb because, I mean, we just saw Brashit. We know how it goes when you favor a first child or uh, you favor a certain person in the family. It's just, I mean, you end up in Egypt, you know, like... (laughs) With Joseph and everything. It's sure. just, it never ends well. <laughs> right. Uh, so like, wh- um, why, 
why all of a sudden are we making a big deal about firstborn as if like, I mean, that might've been like one of the lessons of Rashid is don't do that. Right. And um, in a lot of ways, Shmot is a continuation of Rashid. Like Shmot, the first word starts off with the letter Vav, which is and, right? right. So it's, it, you know, Rashid and Shmot are directly connected. Um, so you would think, right, that this whole story of, um, chosenness and and um, favoring should um, like we should learn it by now and kind of get rid of that by the time we get to Shmot because we're we're kind of still part of that story. We saw what happens when somebody's favored and we feel like okay let's let's end that now. Um, but Shmot actually continues seems to continue that theme and wants to talk about what it means to favor um, and put. Um, some sort of importance on one child or one um, animal over others. Um, and also even to expand it further to one nation right, over sure. other nations. Right. And, and I mean, Bechori Yisrael, right? The idea of like the Jewish people being the firstborn um, is, is also a thing. Exactly. Right. right. Hashem says to Moshe right off the bat, B'ni Bechori Yisrael, right. right? This is, my firstborn child is B'nai Israel, um, and I'm, you know, I want to take them out of Mitzrayim. Um, I think, I think at, at the time, I mean, I'm not a big history buff, but it seems like Egypt was, was, uh, you know, it was the, it was the power, right? It right. was, it was the um, empire of the time. And probably in the world's eyes, they were B'nai Bechori, right? Like they were the Bechor. Mm. Uh, they were the chosen ones. Um and Hashem wanted to change all of that. He really wanted to refocus the um, the you know his who is going to carry on his legacy and move it from Egypt to the Jewish people, right. and kind of shift that focus. And so okay. yeah. yeah, continue. Sorry. So so yeah. So I mean, this whole concept of bechor is really is really kind of. Um, it's very tenuous. Like you don't want to get, you never want to get too close to favoring. Right. But, um, Hashem is telling us pretty clearly that there is a concept of, um, favoring, but what exactly does that mean to favor? Right. What does that mean to put somebody first? Like Hashem is clearly saying, B'nai Israel comes first. B'nai Israel is my chosen nation. Um, I'm, I'm choosing them over Egypt. Just like, you know, you can almost compare that to, Abraham saying, I choose Yitzchak over Ishmael, yeah. right? I'm, I'm choosing him, even though Ishmael seems to be the obvious choice um, in terms of birth. And um, I was listening to um, something on Aleph Beta, one of these, one of the videos there. Right. And it was explaining that the concept of Bechor is all about legacy. It's all about carrying on a legacy. So if you look at, it's really cool. If you look at the letters of um, of father, right? Okay. Aleph Bet. Right. So it's, you know, you take, you have one person and you make it into two, right? You get married. And then you have a Bechor, which is your first child, your, your firstborn. Okay. And that's Bet Chaf Resh. Right. Bet is two, Chaf is 20, and Resh is 200, meaning ah. you're multiplying yourself, right? Right. Interesting. Isn't that cool? I right. thought it, it goes so from cool. one to two, but then it goes from it's two to two. It's almost uh, interesting. 
Well, you're the math buff here, right. but um, <laughs> but the idea is right. There's multiple twos. Like you, you're trying to pass on yourself, right? You're trying to make multiples of right. yourself by creating a bechor. Um, so before, right, having your chosen child, right, it's not really about chosen, it's about the person who's going to carry on your legacy. Um, and that's exactly what Hashem's doing with B'nai Israel. He's right. saying, um, Egypt, it hasn't worked with you to carry on my legacy, right? right. Um, you've been doing a pretty poor job of this. <laughs> right. And <laughs> Um, and I promise the forefathers of this other nation over here that I would give them, um, you know, I would allow them to carry on my legacy. They've proven it, that they can do it. Um, but now as a nation, they have to prove that they can do it. And so I'm choosing them to, to be, to carry on my legacy. Um, right. Interesting. And so therefore all these other times when, when people are trying to choose children, like really what they're not trying to choose, they're not really trying to choose like their favorite. They're trying to choose like their legacy continuation person. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that connects with this concept of um, redeeming the firstborn, redeeming the, the first animal, right? What does it mean to redeem something? Um, I think the idea is, right, you're choosing when you when you become this is also right, a concept I heard in Alpha Beta, this this concept of um when you let's say let's take having a child, right? right? The moment that you have a child, you're kind of taking on a Hashem role, like you're taking on a godly role where you've now created a, a human being. Right. You've created a person, right? So in that very moment, you could be like, Oh, I don't need God, right? I could do it myself. Um, same with with planting, same with, um, you know, right. having a flock of sheep, right. Or a flock of cows, right. As soon as you create, um, you know, your flock or you create your farm, your whole farmland, or you create your family, you're like, Oh, what do I need? God, right. Like it's all in my hands. I don't, you know, I don't need a God. Right. And so when you're poda, when you actually bring your your animal or your fruit to, to Hashem or do you, like we did, we brought our, our firstborn baby, right? Our son to uh, my cousin, who's a Kohen, right? And he redeemed him. Um, I think at that moment we're recognizing we're not really like, we're not really full on creators, right? Mm. We recognize that we might have taken a role in it, but we're really dedicating um, our child or our, our our family right or our flock but really our whole um you know our whole work right our our whole occupation to hashem right we're recognizing that it's not just me who's creating it it's really hashem creating it and so so therefore i mean just maybe that's why like the pinnacle of the plagues is like the death of the firstborn and not the death of the children because it's not mm -hmm. it's, then it's not really about uh, it's not really about like like having their kids die. Like that's not the idea here. It's about like them losing their legacy continuation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just um, also read this really interesting idea. Um, I read this shir that included a uh, a concept that Rav Chaim explains that uh, Rav Chaim explains that there's a difference between the concept of pidyon, which is redeeming something. Um, versus Geula, just being freed, right? So the Jewish people, right? They were both 
freed and also like redeemed from Egypt. And he says there's a different, there are two different things going on here. When you are freed from something, you are um, like the Jewish people, right? They were slaves. They no longer have to, they no longer have to show up to work the next day, right? They don't have to act as slaves anymore. They're freed from that. But pigeon is like redeemed. It's it's the concept of um, like your status changing, meaning if you're a slave and you're sleeping right now, you're not at work right now, you're still considered a slave, right? right? But when you're when they were freed from Egypt, they were didn't only not have to show up to work the next day, right? But they also changed their status as like you're not. You know, you're no longer Avde Paro. Right. Yeah, you're not slaves of Paro anymore. Uh, you're working for Hashem now, and, right? And your and this, continued legacy is not is not working for some other guy. It's right, and like, kind of like God. Your continued legacy is with God now. Right. Exactly right. This concept of um, I'm now totally redeemed from your hold on me. Right, I'm. I'm not under your jurisdiction anymore. I'm under a new jurisdiction. I'm like a completely new like status change. And I think that's exactly what we're doing when we're redeeming our child, we're redeeming our fruit, we're redeeming our our firstborns, right? Our um our firstborn animals, right? We're saying we're changing the status of our existence, right? We're not the pure creators ourselves, but we're changing it so that our legacy is all is going to be God driven and not self driven and selfishness. Um, it's really about recognizing that we have a mission here and in each part of our lives, we're going to try to express that, that mission, that mission of carrying Hashem's legacy being right. That, that, uh, carrier of his name, recognizing that we're, you know, the Jewish people, as opposed to servants of Egypt, um, we don't have to, and, and recognizing that God chose us as the ones to carry his legacy and not Egypt, who was, you know, seemingly the obvious choice at the time, historically, right? right? They, they were so large and important um, and recognizing that, no, those little slaves over there, they're the ones who are really going to carry it forward. Right. Interesting. Um, I wonder... I wonder if, like, the reason this is different um, and the reason all this firstborn talk is different than the stuff in Brashid is because it's less personal. Like, it's more, maybe it's more about mm. that. And, like, it's hard to see that type of thing when you have, like, your brothers, you know, and it's like your dad. Yeah, it's a personal right? thing. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like when your dad chooses your other brother, like, it's hard. It's like, it's probably not hard. It's impossible to kind of see this right. type of thing um, when you feel like it's probably they felt that he just likes Yosef more because he liked Yosef's mom more and, um, you know, whatever. Um, and that Rifka liked Yaakov more, you know, like it's just, it's not about legacy. It's about, it, it seems like it's about feelings. Exactly. And I'm sure Paro felt a little bit of that <laughs> um, when he's like, I really thought I got this right. Hold on. <laughs> Why are you taking this away right. from me? Um, and it was probably super embarrassing for him when his slaves really dominated yeah. and left them all dying. Right. Um, but it's definitely much more personal when it's within a family as opposed to 
uh, when you're talking about it on a national right. level. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's not so, once we move to Schmote, it's not really about sibling rivalry anymore. Right. Um, but of course, there's still that like twinge in us, you know, we feel that still of like, didn't we, didn't we see that this didn't work out so well? But, um, but I think Hashem is conveying this idea that, you know, even if you're a firstborn, you seem like you're the ones who's, who's going to carry on the legacy. Um, if you don't earn it, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, and you have to show that you're really willing to take on the right. challenge. And the responsibility. And the, Right, exactly. Hmm. And you see that even with uh, Yaakov's children, right? Jacob's 12 sons. Reuven was technically the oldest, but he didn't take the responsibility the way he was supposed to, and he kind of lost that opportunity. Right, Yosef does, but then eventually Yehuda does, and then Yehuda really gets the gets the, the yeah, kingship. Right. Um, interesting. Right. For sure. Um, yeah, and I I think you even see it um, when. You know, when you look at in in the in the Haggadah, it talks about Aramio Veda V. This paragraph that you say when you bring the Bikurim, when you bring the first fruits to to the Kohen in Israel, um, and you know, it's you you start every time you bring a first fruit, you go on this whole history Megillah, right? Like start talking about the whole history of the Jewish people. And I think the idea is that um, we're rededicating ourselves. We're recognizing that throughout history, Hashem chose oh. chose the Jewish people. He chose to, he didn't choose Lavan, right? And he didn't want us to stay there. Um, he he didn't choose Mitzrayim, right? He chose to pull us out of there and make us his own. Um, and even just bringing your first apple that grew, right, is you're recognizing, you know what, Hashem, I'm I'm here for right. you, and I I'm recognizing that you're really the creator and not and not me. And we were the chosen nation, and uh, we really have an important legacy to carry on. Cool. So, right. I mean, and and that idea just comes up in so many places. I mean, I think we covered almost all of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, really cool, interesting, um, and just for. Those listening, if you Aleph Beta stuff in general is really good. Um, so if you just go to I, I assume it's like AlephBeta dot com, right? Or yeah, something like that. Um, Some, yeah, something like that. Right. Um, cool. Um, okay, if I switch over. Sure. Go yeah. ahead. So another thing that happens in this week's pressure that happens right after what you're talking about um, is the commandment to um, count the months and to. Have Rosh Hashanah, yeah. um, and it's the first. It's the first mitzvah that the Jewish people really get. Like there are some mitzvot that are like listed earlier in Breshi, but they're not like actually given to the Jewish people. They're definitely listed again um, because, and this is like the first one. And so the obvious question is like, what in the world? It's such a random thing. Right. It's like, uh, you know, we're just going to tell you all the rules. And, and first, you know, we're just going to say, you know, count your months. It's like right. uh, it's like imagine if uh, like you go to law school and like the first thing in law school is like about how they decide when like days start and end. Then you're just like, what about like daylight savings time? And you're like, that's random. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, definitely. It definitely seems random. Um, so I saw something in Samson Rafala Hirsch um, in Chorev, um, which is he mm-hmm. has a it's a pretty chunky book um, that talks about all the like, philosophy of each of the of each of the different um, laws that are 
like kind of done today. Um, and I'm reading from a translation, um, but um, so he has on Chodesh on on Chodesh um, on the new month. Um, he talks about this whole idea of just counting time because uh, we we always learn that like this is like about the calendar. Um, and he, 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 it's, it's a little poetic and it goes on for like two pages. So it's definitely worth reading inside, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. Cause it's, you know, you only have a limited amount of time to listen to this. So, um, so I'll read, I'll read just a part of it. Um, truly, if we lived without clocks with clocks, without hands and took no notice of time, no commemoration of any date or appointed time would be possible. One day would be like another. And as the exact eternal means of setting a measure for events that had taken place would be lacking. So also we should lack the identity of those, those days, which dedicated to the memory of certain epochs rise above the rest as an ever recurring time commemorations, bringing the fruits of the past to the distant future. So what do you, I mean, it's, it's poetic. So it's a little hard to just like be yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so you have to think about it for a little bit. Um, right. like, essentially the concept that he brings together is that, the reason it's important to count days and to like measure time is because without measuring time, you can't remember things. Um, because what, what mm-hmm. you do is when you remember when something, like if you remember uh, a, a thing that happens, you remember it on the date or you remember it as part of the time. So like you remember like a wedding anniversary or you remember you commemorate right. something on like, you know, on the day that it happens, right? You, it gives, it gives context to things. It allows you to, remember things. And so without remembering the days, uh, it's kind of impossible to have like a, a like historical memory. Right. It really grounds yeah. you. I mean, you see with, um, I mean, I'm currently teaching the book, The K. I don't know if you're familiar no. with it, but it's about to a man and a boy who gets stranded on an island. And you see that one of the first things they do is they mark time, right? They're just I don't, uh, how do they do? They like put sticks together in a bucket or something like that, right? Where they're, um, they're really conscious of paying attention to, you know, wh- what day it is, what month it is, how long have we been here? Um, I think it makes you feel human. You hear, you see that also with uh, people in, in jail. I, I was, or, I was trying you know, to look up like why I couldn't find like an actual explanation for it, but yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. People in prison with the tally marks. Right. right? right exactly. Huh. Yeah, I think it puts you in control, and B'nai Israel really weren't in control before oh, this, right? They were so not in control of their oh. time. So I was thinking about this in terms of like commemorating the them being able to like memorialize the leaving Egypt experience. But I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying that also it's it's finally they're able to count days. Like that's a huge difference when you're a slave. You just every day is the same. Because you're just doing whatever your boss tells you to do. Um, exactly. Being, and you're just not in control right. of, of anything that happens to you. You're at the mercy of your, your boss. Your, right. your and being owner. free like allows you to make someday special. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's also, it's also interesting that, um, right, as a nation, we're finally going to have a shared memory. Right. And in order to have any kind of memory, you have to have shared right. time. And that's the first thing that we, we have together. Are Interesting. That's a little meta. So like the first, 
yeah. memory is having a memory about memory, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, but interesting. Oh, so I, I really like that. So to put that all together almost, um, the first thing that they get is their ability to memorialize something and then they're giving something to memorialize. And maybe that's why they're giving it now right before they're about to leave and not Right. It seems like an interruption. Right. And not like before the first plague. Right. They're given Right. Or even wait till after the whole Liamsu right. situation. Let's like get out of here first and then you could give us like a sheer right. about what we what we're gonna have to do, right? <laughs> but 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 if they need but they need it. They need it for that night. Right. Exactly. They need it right away so that they can like hold oh, on for, to this moment. For that night there needs to be a moment for, two, for them to right, hold on two to. Two weeks from then. Um, interesting. Right. Right. Well, they need it for that month, I guess, is the better way to put it. Um, interesting. So that they can say, in this month last year, this happens. And in this exactly. month, two years ago. Um, right. And it's a birthday. Yeah. It really is a birth. A birth of the nation. And- right. Exactly. Um, and they get to now, you know, it's like the first thing when a child is born, they say the time and the date, right? It's like you want to be able to, you know, make it concrete. Right. In some yeah. Way. It's interesting because my, like, Leo, my son, just like started to think about birthdays. Um, his birthday mm-hmm. is not till August, but he keeps on like being like, my birthday's in August. <laughs> And like it's funny, <laughs> right. like he really wants to memorial. Like he, I mean, probably he just wants cake. But um, right. <laughs> it was his stuffed animal's birthday last week. That was that was exciting. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I hope you had like a little I mean, deep party. Kind of, yeah, it was fun. Um, but like, that, <laughs> but my, I mean, I have students in middle school. It's the greatest thing yeah, that ever happens to them because they birthday. get a memorial something, and they get to be it gets gets to make the day special. I feel like. Right, exactly. And and it puts it makes them right. important. It makes that moment important. And so it's right. important to kind of like step back and be like, this is an important time. Um, right. And that's probably why the Pasuk says, Hachodesh Hazel Lachem. Like it's the this month is for you. Like what does it mean, Lachem? Like why does it have to be yours? What does it mean that time is yours? Um and I think that's the idea, right? Like you you have right. to own it. Um, to feel like and it matters. And therefore, God lets us own it, right? We, we like are able to establish the calendar. We're able to decide when months start, you know, I mean, within, you know, some semblance of rules, but like meaning like Shabbos just comes and we don't have control over that, but we do have control over when the month starts. Um, right. And I think it also um, allows us to be right. a partner with Hashem and recognize that, we can bring him into our homes the same way that he brings us into his. But I I was just thinking about this just in terms of how we like, um, you know, experience things. Um, And I I feel like we catalog things so much. Um, And sometimes that's good. Like I feel like the on this day thing on Facebook kind of can be good. Sometimes it's creepy because you're like, I don't need to remember this weird thing I said two years ago. But uh, but sometimes it can right. be really nice. Like, oh, I remember that. That was really great. I should reach. And I never would yeah. have thought that that was that was only five right. years ago, or that was yeah. I was so different back then, and you can track time. And yeah. um, um, and I feel like we should do that more, like ourselves. 
you know, and kind of just like step back and be like, you know, this is an important day. I want to remember when this happened. Um, and it helps ground you as you, as you said before. Right. And, um, it also allows us to not be slaves to time, you know, to really bring a full circle, but to be, um, you know, masters of our time and, you know, recognize that we're not, um, just being dragged along, but we're fully aware of what's around us and what's, you know, what we're trying to accomplish, which is that legacy that we talked about before. (laughs) Um, cool. Any other thoughts on the Parsha or either of these things? Or just general music? I mean, there are so many questions yeah. on the Parsha, but I guess these, I think these two ideas are just so important and really shape right. the Jewish people. In so yeah, many ways. I mean, it's such a, you know, it's such an important time, I guess we're saying. Um, and so, like, kind of like these, and we make such a big deal about it, right? So many laws are brought out because of the firstborn stuff. And obviously, the calendar is such an integral piece of Jewish life or any life. You almost wish that some of these partio could like carry on into right. Vayikra or Dabarim. <laughs> if only. Um, <laughs> and make yeah, your life easier. Exactly. You're the rabbi, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, that was my pleasure. And thank for you those for listening, me. Uh, pay attention for the next episodes of In the Pacha. Thanks for learning with us.